you found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Everybody and welcome in as we begin an abbreviated week here on the Ken Miller Show. It's Trent Condon and myself on this Cyhawk week as we talk the, well, not the world of sports this week. We're going to fo- focus it on our neck of the woods for the most part here from now until Friday. And why wouldn't we? It is the state's biggest game and we are... Getting ever so close to it. Uh, welcome aboard. Glad you're with us here. We will have, uh, coming up on the program, Scott Dockerman's going to join us at 1220 from The Athletic. Uh, covers both Iowa and Iowa State. Leans Iowa. He's over there more so, but he got a nice piece on Hakeem Butler up at The Athletic for your Cyclone fans. Uh, a really good piece on uh, one of Iowa State's better offensive threats in Hakeem Butler. Uh, so Doc will be here at about oh, 1220. Zubin Mahente from ESPN joins us at 1240. Dylan Montz between press conferences up in Ames. We'll jump on in here about 110 or so. And then Bama Bob Trent and I will recap the week in college football. We'll go around all the Power Five conferences. Get uh, a thought or two from all of us on what we saw after week number one. A fascinating week number one for a number of reasons. Uh, again, uh, we said it over the years, it, it's really difficult to be a Cyclone fan for that fan base, and they had the ball pulled out from um, from uh, in front of them again. This time it was Mother Nature. I just felt horrible for them for that because that fan base was jacked up to see their team. You only get 12 now they only get 11. Uh, so I uh, saw some really good things over in Iowa City. Trent, you were there. I guess we probably will spend, you know, the majority of our open here talking about Iowa because really, when we, I saw four minutes of Iowa State. Yeah, you did better than I did because, well, we, by the time I got there, it was yeah. you know, rain delay right. and waited and felt waited. John, and... felt bad for John Walters and the crew as they tried to fill time oh, in, in the delay. Uh, they did a nice job. I'm not being critical by any means. But, um, yeah, just an unfortunate situation. And then our folks to the uh, to the west of us, too, because Husker fans were pretty pumped up for mm-hmm. the beginning of the Scott Frost era, which, as we know, did not happen. Iowa did. Iowa did. And the the question, I think the main question of this week is going to be, who does this impact more? Does it impact Iowa more for they don't have game film of game one to go on, or does it impact Iowa State more? Because you don't shake off that rust of the first game, and we'll dive into that mm-hmm. a little bit later, and, and I'm sure that's going to be a continued conversation piece throughout the week. But to what I saw on Saturday in uh, Kinnick Stadium, it, uh, it's funny how your perception of things is so much different in the stadium and then going home after the game and, and re-watching the it. And yeah. Watch it yourself again. How different it is inside the stadium as opposed to watching it on television. Mm-hmm. I thought Nate Stanley was awful. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk of all these drop passes. The early one to Fant, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the pass previous to that, to Brandon Smith. On the sidelines it was picked? Is no, that not, not that one. Okay. The one, in fact, it was first play of the game. It was a just stop route, 70-yard stop route. And he missed him. It wasn't close. No, he missed him. And there were quite a few of those. The one fumble, the one sack that the Northern Illinois team uh-huh. had, it's not on the offensive line. No, that Stanley was, had the ball, held the ball too long. That was on Stanley. Mm-hmm. Incredibly disappointed by uh, what I saw out of Stanley. Just not in tune, not not great by any means. 
that that was kind of my big takeaway. I expected more out of Stanley. I thought he'd be a little bit more polished. Game number mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I, I I chalked it up to nerves, but I get what you're com- where you're coming from, Trent. And maybe maybe I'm making too much of it in nerves. I thought he got better as the game went on. Sure. I like the fact that he was able to look off a number of receivers. Uh, and he fooled some linebackers and some safeties in particular and was able to to complete passes down the field. Um, you know, let me ask you this, because this was one of the takeaways. In fact, I, I, I wrote this down in the notes that I take during the week, and I didn't write a lot of them. <laughs> there's, no, there's no Iowa State notes. <laughs> right. Um, Chuck Long, did you, did, you, did you listen to the the broadcast at all when you got home or you just going whipping through it to see? Yeah, the 30-second fast-forward gotcha. button is my friend on no, the DVR. I don't blame you so. a bit. So, so Chuck Long said this about who do, you, who do you think he identified as Iowa's best player on offense? Iowa's best player on offense. And I don't think he was just meaning this in one game. I think that he was saying that this is Iowa's best player on offense, period. Noah Fant? No. Nate Stanley? No. Torrin Young in no. the second half. Bobby, the way Torrin Young was oh. the difference in the game. Boy, he looked like a guy that lost his starting job, didn't he? Yes, he did. Turning point in the football game yes. when they inserted TJ Hawkinson. I love TJ Hawkinson. He was you, terrific. You know, I have sung his praises yes. back to high school. I am well. Chuck Long singing him loud, loudly. That's a bit of a stretch. Well, although you know what, I I'm with you. I think it's Fant is the answer. But um, most dynamic player is Fant. Is Fant. Yes, but it, but just the the, the blocking aspect. He's yes. Uh, Hawkinson is a tight end's tight end. He's a better tight end than Noah Fant. Yes. And, and listen to what I see here. Fant is a hybrid tight don't, end. Don't run to the message boards and say, this more on condensing. Yes, Noah Fant is that hybrid yes, guy you see at the end. Precisely NFL. what he is. Jimmy Graham, before that became more in vogue, mm-hmm. he, that's what he is. Hawkinson's a much better blocker. He can run those, you know, those, those little post routes. You don't see Fant running those routes a no, lot, where you uh-uh. just you kind of box out the linebacker, the safety, and you get the ball. And we saw that on Saturday. There was a was a third and four, and that one that I mean, it's a tight window, and all it is, you throw it to a spot, and if Hawkinson doesn't get it, it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. And he boxes the linebacker out beautifully, falls forward for a gain of six, and it's a first down. Mm-hmm. You don't see Fant running that lo- route a lot. No, I, I'm with you. I get what Chuck Long was saying, by the yeah. way. I, I do. I mean, I I thought uh, Hawkinson was terrific. Other take on the offense. We we talked a lot about oh the suspensions yes. and sudden smooth and blah blah blah. It's gonna mm-hmm. be a long day. Offensive line was fine, Trent. They it was were more fine. Than fine. Yes, in pass blocking, I would say B plus. I, I, I like you said they got to the quarterback once. Yeah. Now there were times when Nate Stanley looked like Ben Roethlisberger, where guys were falling off of him <laughs> yeah. and thought that they had him, and he's so darn big, and he just would shake him off, and they'd end up on the ground, and um, he'd be, you know, he'd try to finish making a play. Uh, but the offensive line was just fine. Yeah, they started was. the wrong running back. They had the right running back to begin the year. We thought Torrin Young was was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Torrin Young looked like the guy to me. Well, Ivory Kelly Martin also had 70 yards rushing taken off taken the board back, on yep, penalties. Yep, yep. And of those three on his runs, one I, I agreed with. Two were shaky. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're either all, you know, mm-hmm. and the old adage you could go holding on every play. Probably so. That was certainly the case, I think, in two of those three runs. But, yeah, he's got those 70 yards. His day looks a lot different, too. Sure. They but Torrey Young was a game changer, I thought. They have two backs you feel good about, and Sergeant. Still third back. Yeah, work in progress. Work in progress. Right. But with Kelly Martin, speed. No, we have the depth chart. Where is Torn Young on the depth chart? Now let me find Still the Still listed as Orr as uh, the backup. Uh, no, I'll, is he? Because I, 
I don't see an or on my depth chart. I see I, IKM Torn Young Sergeant. Look uh, under the RB, you'll see an or there. Oh, I do see that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. You're right. So it's Ivory Kelly Martin still the starter, Torn Young or Makai Sargent yep. as the backup. Uh, defensive side of the ball, I got a couple of things. The Raider package is going to be a problem, not just this Saturday, but forever, whoever faces Iowa. When you've got Golston and Hesse flanked by Anthony Nelson and A.J. Epinesa, that's a problem. Big dudes that can get to the quarterback. Big dudes that can get to the quarterback, Trent. Speed. Yes. You have guys like Hesse that understand leverage that you have to be when you're playing back inside. I don't know if Golston's quite there, but I like what I saw. Yeah, you should, I think. You go for and, and they played around with this package before, and sometimes it was more linebackers. It was kind of what we have. This is what we're going to go with. Mm-hmm. This incarnation, I think, is my favorite that mm. I've seen, though, from the Hawks. Just with four guys that know how to get to the quarterback. You're not playing undersized 230-pound guys, you know, something like that. you got guys with speed and size going out there. I'm with you. That defensive line, and we talked about this in the past throughout the summer. If Iowa is going to have a special year, it really is, it comes down most years to the defensive line. If I was really good in the defensive line, they have really good years. We might be heading in that direction. Well, the the defensive line certainly got my attention, Trent. I'm with you. You know, it's funny too that whoever we have on, you know, that that covers Iowa, well, the middle linebackers settled. It's the other two spots. Yes. You know, we're not just sure who's going to play him. We're not sure where you're going to get out of him. But um, you can bet your bottom donner that Armani Jones is in there and he's going to be in there all year. Yep. Well, like you say, it was a quarter and a half, and there was a bad quarter and a half on Jones's part, and he's lost his spot. And there's no or there unless I'm missing this one, is no, there? No, no or. Uh, Hockaday is the guy uh, that's going to start against Iowa State. I thought the other two linebackers were just fine, in particular mm-hmm. Neiman. I really liked Neiman, uh, the way he played the football game. Welch um, was making plays yeah, all over well, the field. Yeah, well, he sideline was. Sideline to sideline. He's got some quickness, doesn't he? Does, he does, yeah. And, well, to, to play in the outside part of the scheme, mm-hmm. you're going to have to do that. And provides a little bit of flexibility. Hockaday is a great story, too. This is a kid that played as a true freshman. He's actually, this is his fourth year on campus, but has battled a ton of injuries. Another thing we talk about for Iowa to have special years, kind of those stories out of nowhere. This could be another one of those. A guy that bided his time, sat behind Josie Jewell his whole career. In fact, last year, remember, came in for Josie Jewell mm-hmm. a couple of times and, and played pretty well. Josie Jewell back to number 47, by the way. Oh, he is. Yeah, after he made the team, he didn't like the number they assigned him, and he took 47 again <laughs> there yesterday. There you go. Good work out of him. Yeah. It's, uh, those stories need to emerge, though, year after year. A lot of times it's a senior year. Jack Hockaday very well could be that guy. And as a middle linebacker in the Iowa scheme, Going to rack up some tackles in there. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Gervas uh, had some moments in the football game. I really didn't see a lot from the secondary. Hooker's I, a star. Hooker is a star. I didn't see a lot of Sutton Smith, who I thought was a star. I mean, he was. Um, he talked a lot uh, mm-hmm. leading up to the football game. Uh, but really, I mean, did you notice him at all? It's not like they were. I, I don't think that they were sp- paying close attention to him. A couple of chips. Maybe. Saw a chip a couple of times from a tight end once in a fullback, but... Overall, it wasn't like they were game planning and scheming mm-hmm. around him, anything like that. They just went out there and said, Mark Kallenberger, do your thing. Dalton yep. Ferguson, do your thing. And they did. Iowa's got some depth now on that offensive line. They do, uh, where conversely, Northern Illinois' left tackle looked like a traffic cone. Yes. I mean, Epinesa beat him, went mm-hmm. around him. Um, yeah. I, I, look, I don't know how good Northern Illinois is. I saw them wear down during the football game. Mm-hmm. Back to your point at the very beginning of the show, who who this is going to you know what? Who will have an advantage because Iowa State didn't play? Is it, do they have an advantage 
because they don't have any game film that I was going to be able to watch. Here's my take on it, and I think, and I haven't heard this, so so I'm either completely all wet or maybe there's something to this. We'll find out after the game on Saturday. But we saw, at least I saw, Northern Illinois. We're down appreciably in that football yes. game. Playing against a physical Big Ten team uh, in Iowa, Northern Illinois wore down. Um, Iowa State doesn't have the benefit of a game under their belt, and I just wonder how their conditioning is going to be when they get into the third and fourth quarter at Kinnick Stadium. Because, I mean, it's one thing to practice. It's another thing to play a game, and Iowa State doesn't have that advantage. I mean, their conditioning, will Iowa be able to wear this team down? I think that's something to watch for. How often do you see in early season games guys cramping up? And it doesn't have to be incredibly humid. It's just first-time game reps. And Mm -hmm. when you're getting into snap 50, 60, 70 of a game, it does wear on you. I think that's a really good component and something, a different angle to look at it from where Iowa State's going to be in terms of their lungs. It's a great question. I certainly think it's advantage Iowa in this spot. I do too. I, and I think pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll get thoughts of other people here. Game film. If this was a different coaching staff for Iowa State. True, but it's not. It's not. Right. It's Matt Campbell. He's yes. been there for a couple of years. Defensively, they made that big jump last year going to the cloud mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. And that's what they started in for the four minutes we saw the, the defensive series that they were on the field for. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited this week to talk about how that scheme will work against Iowa, too. Mm-hmm. I'm really breaking that down with you. Well, here's what, here's what is, is my first take on the, on the football game is, is uh, Iowa State's offensive line, which I didn't see a lot of push. Now, Julian Good-Jones didn't play, and he's going to play this week, and I want to talk about that. I don't care. Yeah. And it's football. Mm-hmm. Play your kids. If that's the way Iowa State wants to handle it, so be it. Would that be uh, any different than the other side of the state? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> play your best. Let them settle it on the field. Um, and, and we move on. We'll, we'll see the outcome. And we will move on because we've got to get the Scott document. Real quick, just 30 seconds on the four minutes that I saw of Iowa State. The two players that jumped off the uh, off the uh uh, the Apple computer to me, Yuarzaruke, uh, yes, who was really good, and Greg Eisworth was running around. He's got some speed, he's got some quickness okay. to him. So I didn't see it much on the offense. I mean, obviously we saw Dechante Jones duck under that uh, duck under that linebacker where safety went and take it the distance, but didn't see much. Got four minutes, right? And that was it. We will come back. Scott Dockham from The Athletic. He's between interviews before he gets to Kirk Ferentz. He's had some player conversation. We'll pick his brain on that. Zuba Mahente, 1240. Dylan Montz, 110 on Iowa State. And Bama Trent and I will recap the weekend and what a weekend it was. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Boom! At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind. And our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. 
Suicide prevention starts with everyday heroes like you. Join us on Sunday, September the 16th at DMAC campus in Ankeny as we walk to fight suicide and raise awareness about mental health. Be a part of a movement turning hope into action and create a culture that's smart about mental health. Funds raised at the walks will benefit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can find out more by going to AFSP.org. This is the worst place in the world to play football. Or the best. It's a true home field advantage here in Kansas City. Here, you're greeted with a menacing win. MVP of the game, this crowd. Or an invigorating welcome home. Where you drown in a sea of red. Or feel the support of an entire kingdom. The last place you want to be. Or the only place you want to be. This is a stadium filled with memories. Dante Hall's going to do it again. Or nightmares. Gary Thomas. It's an NFL record. A louder-than-life family. A larger-than-life foe. Some call it hostile. We call it home. Let's go. Welcome to Arrowhead. Welcome to Chiefs Kingdom. Tickets at Chiefs.com. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With athletic recovery programs to outpatient orthopedic therapy, Angela Spencer PT of Champions Recovery Room will get you feeling your best. Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy, 3030 100 Street in Urbandale and online at championsrecoveryroom.com. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Join us for the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's. Go to alc.org walk to register for an event near you. Together, we can end Alzheimer's. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus, and online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. 
build your business. At Sinorama of Ribbondale, we offer customized solutions for signs, branding, marketing, and advertising. We have a full range of custom sign and graphic services to meet your needs, build your brand, and create your image. Look around and you'll see how Andy Woodley and his staff help businesses enhance visibility and get noticed. Let us work with you to understand your unique marketing goals and help you reach them. Sinorama of Ribbondale, the way to grow your business. 3368 100 Street in Urbandale and online at sinorama.com slash IA-Urbandale. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show. All of our guests appearing on the Dr. Stephen Fuller Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Two locations, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines, 410 8th Street, southwest in Altoona. By the way, the Cyhawk tickets that we gave away in conjunction with the Northern Illinois-Iowa game, it was closest without going over. Mm -hmm. Brock Benston picked 40 points. Nice. 33-7, 40 Brock Benston wins, didn't have to use the tiebreaker. Uh, so he's already got the tickets. In fact, his brother picked them up this morning. Let's get to Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic. He joins us as we talk Cyhawk Week. Doc, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, good, guys. How's it going? Doing pretty well, Scott Dockerman. Um, well, you, you, you were there. You saw it in person. Uh, what was your biggest negative let's start there because there were a lot of good things but what did what concerned you of the 60 minutes of football you saw against northern illinois i think there are two areas and one on each side of the ball i mean one the linebackers uh really looked disjointed at times and specifically in the first quarter monty jones did not play very well and got benched in favor of jack hockaday and they got a little bit better but uh you know still there's some limitations there and maybe it's because I'm so used to a superhuman doing it for <laughs> right. so many years at yeah. Josie Jewell. But uh, with that said, um, you know, at least early on, it was a major concern. It was I've never seen anything like that before. And then on the other side of the ball, the passing game just continues to be a question mark. I thought it was going to be better. You know, we we you know we have an extra year, and and I still think it can be, but it just didn't show it very well. I mean, five drops in the first half alone. Um, you know that that needs to get better. Nathan Stanley was not on his point and then really when he was early uh, and you know no fan of all people you know didn't really stick up his hands he just kind of let the ball hit his elbow while I was hanging down and and bounced away for an incomplete pass so I, I think it was you know the combination of those two things would be my biggest concerns but obviously they had a lot of positives as well speaking of uh concerns at the wide receiver position Brandon Smith looks apart I mean he looks like he's T.O. out there six three two twenty but the question remains to me, can he get open? Does he have not just the straight-ahead speed and a 40-time, whatever that may be, but the ability to get in and out of breaks, to, to get the little bit of separation needed? Because I'll tell you what, Doc, watching him quite a bit, and I kept my eye on him in the Kinnick on Saturday, I just didn't see it from Smith. I didn't either. And, uh, you know, I think that's got to be, you know, that hinges upon uh, wide receivers coach Kelton Copeland, who, you know, really talked him up like he was going to be uh, an all-pro. And, uh, we need to see it now. You know, we you know we've heard enough of it, and now it's time to to actually do it. And, you know, he was targeted five times. He did was able to get a uh, you know a penalty out of it, but you know he also had a couple of drops. You know, the interception. You know, it was a Nate Stanley's ball, but you know he needed to create more space between him and the defensive back, and he never did. I mean, he let the defensive back kind of angle him towards the sideline where there was no room. And as a big, strong, physical receiver, you need to you know, have your presence felt, and he didn't do that. So 
I think he was, uh, you know, it's time. No, no more games. No more playing around. No more you're young. No more mm-hmm. my confidence is shaken. You've got to go out and do it. And this week is the one week where you have to do it. Otherwise, um, you know, Iowa, Iowa needs that dimension in order to be uh, – an upper echelon team in the Big Ten, no doubt about it, and he's the one that needs to provide it. I agree with you. How big of a difference was Torn Young in this football game? It seemed like he gave them a huge, huge spark, Doc. Uh, You can really see, I thought, the the tide starting to turn when Torn Young uh, was going around the left side. (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, you know, I feel bad for Ivory Kelly Martin because he had 59 yards of running called back because of penalties. You know, he he comes out, and like a play later, you know, there goes uh, Torn Young. Um, you know, and, and I think that was the right time for him to enter that game when, you know, you had a hot day, you know, a humid day, an opponent that was, you know, just that can't match the depth that Iowa has, and you have a physical pounder like that. Hey, just keep running the ball. They can't stop it. And, you know, when you have a physical guy like that, you know, he was able to run over the middle linebacker, hit a safety and stiff arm him and keep going for 40 yards. I mean, that struck the right tone, and it was kind of at that point where, okay, there are, there isn't a holding call. Um, this is exactly what Iowa needs, and and, uh, you know, from that point on, you know, Iowa played cleaner, you know, blocking up front, and he, uh, you know, really put the exclamation point on the game. Doc, uh, you've written the story at The Athletic before talking about the defensive line and, and the defense at the hold as a whole, the, the 30 marker, getting to 30 sacks, what a difference maker that is for Iowa in terms of wins and losses. First time out, it looks like this team might blow past that number of 30 sacks. <laughs> yeah, that was a, certainly a, a pretty good effort. I mean, you know, they had, what, four sacks among the front four. Um, you know, A.J. Epineza is for real. You know, he's just, you know, he's, you can't contain him with one player very often. And, you know, and Parker Hesse had two, and everybody overlooks Parker, but you know, he's such a tenacious, tough guy. And, and uh, you know, they really, the rotation works so well for them because anytime, you know, and again, on a hot day, you know, they, they were going up against, you know, a two-time first-team All-Mac left tackle in Max Sharping. You know, he's a you know heavy accolades. This was going to be his game to, to put on video next, you know, combine, and you know, and be the you know the next Eric Fisher, great lineman out of the Mac. No, I mean, if anything, it showed that AJ Epineza is a guy that's going to be at that level too. So, uh, and then Anthony Nelson had it put on a show. I mean, it was really a solid effort by the defensive line and. And I really wouldn't expect anything less, especially this week. Now you get two more interior players back. Mm-hmm. The the Raider package to me, Doc, was the biggest uh, the, the, on the uh, my biggest takeaway from the defensive line. You know, watching Golston and Hesse in the middle, flanked by Anthony Nelson and AJ Epinesa, that's a problem, Doc. It's not it's a problem again for Iowa State. It's a problem for the Big Ten. Those four guys across standing up across the line of scrimmage. Yikes! Yeah, I mean that's their four best pass rushers and. Anthony Golston has really come, I mean, I'm sorry, Chauncey Golston has really come a long way. I mean, you know, he's built, rebuilt his body. He's got that, that look to him, too. Now he'll kind of shift more to the outside, except in the Raider package. And uh, I think he's going to be a, a really good lineman as well. So, you know, when you have that kind of height, that kind of athletic ability, two different kinds of guys on the edge, um, you know, speed, power, length, I tell you what, you know, that's, that's going to be tough for everybody to stop, and I don't care if it's Wisconsin or whoever. I mean, they're going to get through some of those times. They're going to create, you know, disruption, and it's just a matter of can the secondary contain it? They certainly did on Saturday. Can they do it this week? That's a huge question in my mind. You know, I, I got thinking of this as I was incredibly impressed by Mac, Max, uh, Mark Kallenberger, excuse me, and uh, the job he did in his first career start. 
Now, this is a redshirt freshman. He's a tackle, but there are two sophomores in front of him. Does it become a spot where they find, hey, what our five guess, best guys are? Maybe not even for this year, but in the future, finding a way for Kallenberger to be on the field with Jackson and Wirfs. Is, is that a problem that they're going to have to tinker around with? Because I think the, the ceiling for Mark Kallenberger is incredibly high. You know what? I, I think it's a great problem for them to have because you never know what could what could end up happening. Uh, you know, with injuries, we saw it last year. I mean, it really, you know, the difference in Iowa season from being good to great was, you know, the two injuries on the tackles, and they had to throw in two freshmen. And and I think uh, in his case, you know, he played really well. So did uh, you know, you know, Dalton Ferguson played really well for being a senior and never really getting much action. I mean, you look at that offensive line as a whole. I mean that. They allowed only two tackles for loss. One was a sack that was really caused by the quarterback being too slow getting the ball out. And uh, that was a unit that had 114 tackles for losses last year. So, you know, without your really your two best offensive linemen, you could not have had a better performance uh, across the board. So I, I really think, um, you know, Kallenberger's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, he's right up there with the other two. I kind of look at him as like a Riley Reed type at, at that age. Uh, but, you know, Cole Banwart had a tremendous game. I mean, he was really, you know, a difference maker up front as a sophomore. And, uh, you know, this year he's probably going to be a guard next, you know, he is a guard. Next year he'll probably slide in over to center. Um, but, you know, I think they found, you know, the seven or eight, nine guys that they really need, for you know, for, for the future. And I'm sure Kallenberger will get some reps, but. You know, it may be inside next year when Ross Reynolds graduates. A mm-hmm. couple of special teams notes, boys. Uh, Rastetter was unbelievable with that rugby-style punt. Mm-hmm. I, You know, if I'm an opponent of Iowa's and, and whoever I have back there lets that ball bounce in front of him, I'd take away his scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can't, like, can't let that happen. And then Kyle Gronowick, guys, on, on punt returns, I thought he was uh, uh, more than adequate. So how about those two on special teams, Doc? You know, I think Rastetter is what leads the nation right now in punting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last year he wasn't in the top 100. Right. Um, you know, so I think that's funny. But it's also, you know, it shows that he's, he's matured and grown up in an area that they really needed help. And, you know, if, if, if the rugby punts what works for him and that works for the team and, you know, and, and it bounces and they get an extra, you know, 10-plus yards on it, let it happen. Don't worry about it. You know, and I think that was a good thing for Iowa. But, you know, Gronenweg was – you know, when he was at, uh, you know, Division II Sioux Falls, he let, he was the first team all conference, uh, kick and punt returner as a, in 2016. So he's done that. And I think what he showed is he's fearless. You know, he's got good feel out there when he gets the ball in his hands. And, you know, last year it was such a drop off from what Desmond King did. And I think, uh, in the punt return game, he's got a chance to be a, you know, quite a positive. And, and he showed it the other day. I think it makes sense. Amir Smith Marset's that long strider that you like in a kick returner. And then, uh, you know, Kyle Gronenweg secures the ball and moves up the field. And I think that that's, you know, right now it looks like the special teams areas are all pluses. The addition now of the four suspended players for this week, both starting offensive tackles come back, and then even more rotation on that defensive line. And I know it was just a glimpse, but looked like Brady Reef has really turned it on going into you know, his final uh, two seasons here as an upperclassman, plus Chauncey, uh, Cedric Lattimore. I mean, Doc, the depth here, would they play 11 guys on the defensive line, make it 13 for mm. Saturday? <laughs> you know, you're going to have four on the, on the outside for sure, and then you're going to have, you know, at minimum, you know, they've got six guys I think they could rotate there in, you know, in the inside. I don't think they'll go that deep that often, but, you know, even so, it's, 
you know, Cedric Lattimore is a more of a bigger physical guy. I mean, that's really helpful for him, them to, you know, fight, you know, get double teams and, and stand your ground. And then, you know, Brady Reef's a, you know, pass rushing kind of guy. So, I, I mean, I think this is all to their benefit, um, you know, in the, in the interior. And, and then, you know, Tyler Runderbaum to me, he's a, he's going to be an issue for teams in the future. He's really good. And, <laughs> and you now as a true freshman, to play the way he did, you know, he's, he's a four sport guy. So, you know, spend the year, you know, just working on football. I mean, you talk about a guy who's dedicated. He played baseball at Solon this summer while lifting at the 6 a.m. group in Iowa City. So he lifted all morning. He took classes. Then he went up to Solon, played baseball. He's the number two pitcher and first baseman for a state qualifying team. And then, uh, you know, by the time he'd get back off the bus, he'd drive back to Iowa City and sleep and then do it all over again, you know, four days a week. So it was really, um, you know, to, to show that kind of dedication at his age is impressive, and then just to see what he's able to do. Um, you know, he's kind of like a bigger version of Carl Klug, so I'm excited to see what he can do as a sophomore, junior, and senior. Uh, Doc, I'm, I, we've got uh, 60 seconds left, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, and I apologize if I do. <laughs> Peyton Manziel, you threw the ball twice. I love the zip on the football. I love this co- seemingly the, the command that he had out there. Him and Petrus uh, in the years to come, that's going to be one heck of a battle as we look down the road, Doc. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's got con- command of the offense. He's got a swagger to him. Um, I think he's going to be a really, you know, good prospect. He showed it the other day. He- and he's a, you know, a running quarterback. You know, he's got really good wheels. So I think that's going to be important. You know, that adds to his elements. And then, you know, Petrus is still young. I mean, he just got on campus in the, the semester, you know, the winter semester. So um, I'm sure right now it's-, it's just, hey, you know, Peyton's better today. But let's see what happens in the future. We saw that what it can happen negatively with uh, Rudock and Bethard. Uh, but I think in this case, if Stanley's here this year and next year, you can have a full-fledged competition with two really qual- high-quality candidates. It'll be it'll be very interesting to watch. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic joining us as we take our first look at the Iowa Iowa State and a peek back in Northern Illinois. Thanks, Doc. We'll continue to read you at the Athletic as we always do. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Scott. Dockerman from The Athletic. Trent, honestly, uh, we are, what, 35 minutes into mm-hmm. day number one of this week? Here's how the game's going to come down to. <laughs> if Iowa State can't block Iowa, it's going to be a long day for the Clones. David Montgomery covered up a lot last year. Yeah. Linebacker play is going to be important, but if we saw Hockaday take that step forward, it's not going to matter because the defensive front's mm-hmm. going to disrupt and the linebackers will be right there. And and South Dakota State was pushing Iowa State's line back the one series that they were out there. Now, I didn't see a lot. Mm-hmm. They were pushing them back. South Dakota State, not these right. beasts coming in. They're going to be wearing the uh, black and gold. That that's I've been saying for the last couple of years, I was always got a quarterback, got a chance, got mm-hmm. a quarterback, got a chance. Come around, right? I've included the defensive front. The defensive line. Absolutely. So this, you like Clemson. I love Clemson. Yes. Right. What I saw out of Iowa on Saturday, I was impressed with Nate Stanley. The running game was good. The receivers are meh. Hawkinson was great. Fant yep. was room to improve. That defensive line. That was a wow. That was a wow. That Raider package, Trent, honest to God, it's a problem. <laughs> we'll come back. Uh, Zuba Mahente will be here. Uh, we'll talk, uh, well, college football with Zubin. Never even mentioned Khalil Mack to your Bears, but it's yeah. not week. I can understand why. Uh, we continue on here. It's the Ken Miller Show. Trent and I until 2 on 1700 KBGG. 
Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. What type of people will create a world without type 1 diabetes? We're the lift each other up type. The more determined than you think type. The type that will walk for life-changing research and stop at nothing. Until type 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org. Showplace Kitchens is changing our name to Showplace Cabinetry Design Center. What hasn't changed is the commitment of our professional design staff to help you create a showplace of your very own. Come see us at 3200 100th Street, Urbandale. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't hang up. You need to hear this. You gotta quit wearing that aviator jacket. Nobody's buying it. I'm sorry you have to hear it from me, but at Progressive, we're all about giving it to people straight. That's why we show our rates alongside our competitors' rates. And when you're helping people find great rates, you don't need some jacket to look cool. Just keep rocking that scarf. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I'm so happy. Football's back. Fire up the grill and crack open a cold one because it's time to celebrate with an approved by Joe tailgate. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. This month, bring me your old car and score the nicer, newer ride you've been fantasizing about for just $10 down. Sack your old car. Start driving a nicer, newer car of your dreams. Has the ref thrown a flag on your past credit problems? My one and only for the people credit approval process is the game changer you've been waiting for. We huddle up with the banks and lenders and call the audibles to get you approved and back in the game. Guaranteed. Stop driving a car you hate and pause it and drive home a nicer newer car today for just 10 bucks down i'm throwing a hail mary to make my month and i need your help trade in your old car and drive for just 10 bucks down this is for a limited time so get in here and score before the clock runs out i'm joe clemens and i'm your dealer for the people come see us at capital city motor company in des moines on east university one block off i-235 on the state fair side call 265-1467 or online at approved by joe.com approved by joe.com www.approved by joe.com A garage door is the largest moving part in your entire house. So it's important to keep it working smoothly, especially as winter approaches. At Advanced Door Systems, we service all garage door brands, even if you do not purchase the door from us. Visit our website, ads-doors.com. That's ads-doors.com to learn more about us and the garage door and opener services we offer. Advanced Door Systems. The right door, the right way. Camp Sunny 
Easter Seals Iowa provides support for children and adults with disabilities in our community. From the fun of Camp Sunnyside to employment and daily living skills, Easter Seals provides a wide range of support to promote independence. We have so much fun out in the sun here at Camp Sunnyside. Learn more at EasterSealsIA.org. You ever wonder what you look like with a full, natural head of hair? We'll find out. Mr. Executive lets you try before you buy. Get real hair again and a lease with options. Mr. Executive offers a 90-day lease for just $200. Not the end of 90 days. If you decide to keep your new hair, the initial investment goes toward the purchase price. Look, don't spend any more money on potions and lotions that don't work. Check the latest in hair replacement online at mrexecutive.com or call 274-4049. Mr. Executive, 70th and University in Windsor Heights. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. Welcome back, Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent and I with you until 2. Dylan Montz and Bama Bob in the 1 o'clock hour. Zubin Mahente right now is... We go around the world of sports, focusing mostly on football, is my assumption. Uh, Zubin, really good to hear a colleague of yours back doing college football. And I, I well, I loved uh, McDonough and Gruden on Monday night, but Sean McDonough and college football seemingly, I don't know, seems like a better match, and I'm a McDonough guy. Good to hear him doing a game, Zubin. Yeah, that was Sunday night. That was a really between Miami and a variety of reasons. But sometimes, and I think Trent might be hard, apt in each of us on this. Sometimes the true measure of a play-by-play guy, whether you associate him, let's say Bob Costas with baseball or Jim Lampley with boxing, it could be as generic or as obscure as that. When you are in a moment and you have an opportunity to just prove your chops, because sure, most of it is down in distance and let's get the analyst in here. But I will always remember, I just happened to actually attend this game for ESPN. And then later I had worked with McDonough uh, on a game, on a, on a bowl game, the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl um, with Notre Dame and Ohio State. And after I did these two things, watching this one game and then working with him, I truly had a great appreciation for him. And that was the infamous, I guess if you're a Michigan fan, or the glorious, yeah. if you're a Michigan State fan, <laughs> Jalen Watts Jackson game. And it seems like in the moment, it's pretty obvious, just get the snap off. But when it gets that hairy, if that happened a hundred times, and I said, all right, Let's replay all the scenarios of what could happen here. Clean snap, punt, game's over. Uh, Bobbled snap, gets the punt off, game over. How many scenarios would we have to get to until what happened happened? Punt is dropped. Jalen Watts-Jackson comes in, blocks punt, returns punt for a touchdown, breaks hip, game is over. Um, I can't imagine how many scenarios he'd have to go through. And he did that in the moment, recognized what was happening in the moment, and was able to call it flawlessly. And then several months later, a little over a year later, I ran into him at a bowl game in Arizona, and we had a chance to reminisce and discuss that a little bit. So sometimes, 
like I said, we just expect these play-by-play guys to be great. When you're calling the World Series, you're the voice of the Red Sox in your 20s. You just expect some of these things. He does some of our Masters work, Par 3 contests at ESPN. But it's just one of those things where sometimes when you're put in such an adverse spot and you shine like that, it's just a true measure of how great you are uh, as a broadcaster. And you're right. For a lot of people of this generation, he's a college football guy. A few people will remember him as an NFL guy because Monday Night Football still is Monday Night Football. Um, and there are many people that will obviously maybe Ken, a little bit older uh, than myself and Trent, will remember him primarily as a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. But for the here and now, I agree. He's a college football guy and a really good one. No doubt. And uh, we got to see some good games over the weekend. Though ESPN didn't have the rights to it, I- I'm sure you were watching Zubin. Michigan-Notre Dame. It's been a-, a game that we talked about a lot throughout the summer. Jim Harbaugh, I-, I don't see a firing happening, anything like that. But He's 9-9 nine and nine in his last 18, boys. Maybe the reality is the Michigan program can't get to the level that many people expect they should be. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think what's really difficult is, you know, I think people thought Shea Patterson was just going to be a panacea for all their problems. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of how you look at it. So, for example, Shea Patterson got banged up. I think he looked courageous. He certainly looked better than Dylan McCaffrey, who obviously his head was spinning when he got in there. Um, but he does give them the best chance to win. And you think you have to give him a little bit of time. I don't think this knocks Michigan out of the playoff hunt. But coincidentally the game that you just referenced, Miami and LSU, you know, let's just compare those two guys. You saw Burrow. Now, Burrow's numbers really weren't that great, but he definitely passed with flying colors to anybody that watched. Um, I think Patterson had a better individual game, even though he's a little bit inconsistent, got knocked out, came back in. Um, They only managed that one offensive touchdown for the longest time. They just had a a kickoff return for a touchdown to account for the bulk of their scoring offense touchdown-wise. But I think a lot of times you have to just look at the macro. We're looking so much at the micro. If you looked at what Shea Patterson did relative to what he's been able to get for a season opener against a team that's got a ferocious defense, I think he played okay. If you look at Burrow, I think statistically he was a little more underwhelming than Patterson, but people will tell you Burrow looked awesome because LSU has been so bereft at the position that they just need a guy that looks like he's got some moxie and swagger and could walk in there and do some things. So I think sometimes we tend to grade on a curve a little bit. If you take a look at Patterson and Burrow in a vacuum, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You could make the assumption just looking at like quote unquote blind resumes that uh, Patterson had a better game than Burrow, but because of the circumstances involved and LSU's win total being at about seven and a half, which is pretty low mm-hmm. pick to finish fifth in the SEC West. I mean, that is really low for them oh. vis-a-vis Michigan. I think sometimes things get, a little bit skewed, but I think, uh, you know, I don't think Braille and Edwards speaks for most of the fan base, but I think there is a segment of the fan base that clearly is a little bit upset. The other thing you have to remember is remember a lot of people think, and I don't, I don't think this is the case here, Trent, I'm with you. I don't think this is a take the hourglass, turn it over. And when it runs out of sand, it's done. But he had bitter partings at even at San Diego, the university of San Diego, where he didn't last long. Didn't last that long at Stanford, and obviously things got really acrimonious with the 49ers. And this is not a guy that's built for the long haul at many places. Now, he didn't have the affinity for those places that he has for Michigan, his alma mater, but you also begin to kind of think, at what point can you point to an example and say, this guy's in it for the long haul. There are no jobs he has taken in the coaching profession which fit that bill. Is Michigan going to be that? 
Yeah, probably, because I agree with you, Trent. I don't think the administration feels the way the fans do, much like I think Chris Del Conte at Texas feels a lot different than his fans do at this particular juncture. As long as the university people are with you, and we found that over the years. I mean, Kirk's obviously basking in the glow of 144, but there were many times where the university thought about it a little bit differently than the fans did, even in relation to Kirk. So whether it's Tom or Kirk or Jim, I think the brain trust at these universities is a lot less skittish and a lot less reactionary than the fans are, because as Colin, Colin Coward used to tell me all the time, and one of his favorite lines is, fan is short for fanatic. So uh, it's one of those things where I think he's going to be okay, but he has never been a long-timer anywhere, so you've got to think about that. Hmm. So, but I want to get your Cyhawk memories in here, because you covered more than a handful of them. But just give me, give me 30 seconds on, on how Saban is going to handle Jalen Hurts, because you know if he, if he doesn't burn... You know, he doesn't play him in four games this year. He'll have two years of eligibility when he transfers, and he will, because it's Tua's job. Um, if, if Tua doesn't get hurt, should should Saban be uh, bypassing Jalen Hurts and going to Mac Jones, who appears to be number three on the depth chart, doing what's right for the, air quote, student athlete and what's left of his future? No, what I think is going to happen is one of my favorite guys here at ESPN is a guy named Marcus Spears, and I don't know how much you've seen him on ESPN. I did his audition here, and we've kept in great touch since. He works primarily down at SEC, so I haven't seen him in person in quite some time. Um, But he said the one thing that I agree with more than anything else. It doesn't matter what kind of acrimonious relationship, if it is acrimonious, I don't know, what kind of relationship he has with any of his players. And I'm going to include Jalen Hurts in this. He is always going to play the guy that gives him the best chance to win at any position period, end of story. So if Jalen Hurts is markedly better than Mac, but Jalen Hurts' father is causing issues, Jalen Hurts isn't quite the teammate that many people thought he would be. By the way, I have no evidence that that's not the case. He obviously looks like he's a great teammate. He and Tua seem to have a good rapport. He is going to play Jalen Hurts. As long Even as Jalen Hurts... Zubin, if it's mop-up time, should he do that? Yeah, I think he should. I think he should. Because I think yesterday at his press conference, he said without saying... and. He spoke in politically correct terms, but I think the way he put it at his press conference yesterday was, two is our starter, and then the sort of cryptic, whatever Jalen's skill set allows him to contribute to our football team, it was some one of those types of statements, we'll get him out there. Um, because I think the other thing, too, is if you saw during the Louisville game, um, there was a, uh, I, I'm going to say there's a personal foul penalty on one of his guys. I think they were up by 34 points. And he went ballistic on the sideline during the game. So I think mop-up time for you and me is not mop-up time for him. I agree with you, right? For me and you, it's just like, yeah, just get out of here. Let's get out of here healthy, especially with the number of injuries the Tide have had this summer. But I think by evidence that one particular play where he just went crazy after the game was well in hand and was going after one of his guys for a personal foul, a misconduct penalty, to me shows that until the clock hits zeros, no matter what the score is, no matter how much the opponent is out of the game, and let's be honest, in these season openers, it's pretty much been a route, no matter who they've played from Wisconsin to West Virginia to USC to uh, Florida State to, yes, uh, to uh, the weekend's opponent, Louisville. Um, he plays until the clock hits zero. I don't know if that's a cliche, but he's going to play the best guys until that gets there. And to me, even though Mac did have a good spring game, I, I think it's still Jalen by a mile as the second guy. And unfortunately for Jalen, it seems almost as wide between him and Tua. Mm. If uh, the camp of Jalen Hurts called you up and said, what would you suggest? With the new four-game rule, he can play up to four, still redshirt. 
Looks like he is going to graduate in December. Would you say, hey, let's give this guy a little bit more time and, and stay away from the four games, keep it under that so he's got another year of eligibility? What should Jalen Hurts in, in his camp be thinking right now? Well, I think what you got to do is you got to keep the four games in mind. Like you said, the graduating in December is key. That's a little bit different than most people are going to be facing in that scenario. So first and foremost, not that anybody cares about this, but first and foremost, let's give Jalen Hurts some credit. There's a lot of guys that would be in this situation that wouldn't be in position to graduate in December. So from that particular situation, you got to give him credit for staying on track. And obviously, I'm sure he didn't do that with the notion that I'm going to lose my starting job after being 26-2 and two as a starter or 28-2 as a starter, whatever it is. I would say, though, that you've got to have two plans. One, just keep playing with the notion that you'll eventually probably transfer, but don't make any rash decisions until you come up on the four-game mark. Four is a lot of games. Now, if you watch Tua, the first touchdown pass is tremendous, the one to Jerry Judy where he fell down, gathered himself, spun, and threw to the end zone. Um, there's a very good – I don't know, very good is a strong word. There's a decent likelihood that he's going to get hurt, um, and most quarterbacks are going to get hurt at some point throughout the course of a season. If that happens and Jalen comes in, I think that his mentality just flips to, look, I got nothing to lose. People say he's risk-averse. He's a great guy to have in there when you have the lead. But let's be honest. He won last year's Mississippi State game. He made some big plays at the end of that game to win it. This idea that he can't win you a game or he's just a lead protector, I don't think that's accurate. I just think when you play for Alabama, for the most part, that's the scenario you're going to be in, and your coach is going to say, what, what is it going to take for us to win this game? And that's not to do some crazy things. But the way Tua plays, especially that he's not that big, um, he's a risk taker. He'll be afraid to, he's not afraid to run and throw. He's not afraid to just run. He's not afraid to just throw. There's a penchant for injury there. So I would say just be a good teammate. As you get closer to the four games, reevaluate. But you never know what could happen. Remember week three, they're at, they're at Ole Miss. Now that could be a difficult game. If Tua struggles and they lose that game, I don't think he's going to, you know, upset the apple cart. But let's remember, you know, Cooper Bateman started one game a few years ago against Ole Miss. By the time the game wasn't even over, um, Jay Coker was in there. And there have been games where Blake Barnett came in, played a series, and then Jalen Hurts replaced him for what seemed like permanently, and Barnett left for Arizona State in South Florida. So, yes, it is to his job, but Nick has shown, even if I give you the starting nod, I will replace you as quickly as I did Blake Barnett or I'll give you a little bit of time like Cooper Bateman and still bring in Coker, and then Coker led him to a national title. Hertz obviously got in there and did way better than Barnett. So the idea that this is to his job, first and foremost, it seems like obvious, but if he gets hurt, that's one thing. And Nick has shown when his guys have struggled, not just one guy, just give you multiple guys, when guys have struggled, David has not been afraid to make a move. With all due respect to Louisville and this week's opponent, Arkansas State, Ole Miss is a completely different animal and if his eyes get a little wide in a game like that, you know Jalen's been in there in those types of situations. His eyes won't get wide. He's played Clemson in the national title game. He's been in the biggest of spots. Um, so I would just say that if your hurts, relax, wait, and realize that in every other year before this one, you're in a situation where your redshirt capability is probably done after about this week, whereas now you're looking at four games, which in many cases is an eternity. We Alabama are way right past our Cyhawk conversation. We have to leave it there. Thank you very much, Zubin. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Zubin at the ESPN. Ton Lake, come back with the 1 o'clock hour. It's next. Catch the best in high school football each Friday night on 1700 KBGG with the Central Iowa Game of the Week, starting at 7 o'clock on Fridays. 
If you're planning a bathroom update, chances are a boring vanity is not high on your list. At the Home Depot, it's not on ours either. Come in now or go online for up to 40% off a beautiful vanity you'd be proud to call your own. To match your style, whatever your style, and fit your budget perfectly. Sorry, not available in boring. Select vanities up to 40% off in-store, online, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through September 19th, Continental U.S. only, while supplies last. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workout. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With athletic recovery programs to outpatient orthopedic therapy, Angela Spencer PT of Champions Recovery Room will get you feeling your best. Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy, 3030 100 Street in Urbandale and online at championsrecoveryroom.com. From the Barrel, Des Moines Whiskey Festival kicks off this year and will be taking place at the River Center in downtown Des Moines, featuring two days of food, entertainment, cigars, great causes, and of course, whiskey. Don't miss Des Moines Whiskey Festival happening November 2nd and 3rd. Tickets on sale now at dsmwhiskeyfest.com. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from Unmet Expectations. We overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. 